I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. And this is Being Boss. In this episode of Being Boss, we're talking all about boundaries. We're diving in with defining what boundaries are, how to tell when you need better boundaries, and how to create healthy boundaries professionally and personally. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. My word of the month is organization, and I'm guessing I'm not alone in that. I bet a lot of you want to get a little bit more organized and maybe a little more organized with your money. FreshBooks Cloud Accounting makes it so easy to do just that. The setup is easy, the system is intuitive, and it's designed for creatives who don't love spending their precious time on administrative tasks like bookkeeping. FreshBooks Cloud Accounting helps you keep your expenses, estimates, invoices, and reports organized which helps you make more money. Plus, their customer service is top-notch, you all. If you have a question, give them a call, and a real human will answer your questions and help you troubleshoot any problems you're having. Try FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. Again, try FreshBooks Cloud Accounting for free by going to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, Kathleen, today's about boundaries. I know you're excited to talk about this. This was, you were like, I need to talk about boundaries. What's going on for you? Yeah, I started. I think it's because it's summertime. So Mm -hmm. I'm butting up against a lot of personal life boundaries between vacation and travel and momming. But also, I've been going whole hog into client work. So I'm coming up against some client boundaries some work boundaries, some scheduling roles and expectations. So really, you know, if you think about your boundaries as where you draw your line or even as a container, I'm kind of like butting up against all the edges. Kathleen really needs to talk about boundaries these days. And I think that's great. I have found, so as I was reflecting on this topic and, you know, what we would be talking about today, I found that I am in a season of work and life where... My boundaries are being very inconsistent, where I don't have a boundary that I'm putting in place for, you know, the next six months. I'm like, what do I need this week or this month or whatever it may be? And really just sort of defining boundaries as I go, as I'm in this period of flux and transition. Um, So I think this is going to be a really fun one. We can talk about what it looks like to put in some hard, like, long-standing boundaries and what it's like to just go day to day with like how am I protecting myself and my energy and my time and my money so that I can you know cultivate what I want to cultivate and that requires a whole lot of mindfulness and practice and communication and all of those things so so let's dive in. Yeah I'm actually really glad that you talk about boundaries as you go because your boundaries are going to evolve and change as you as a business owner evolves and change, as your personal life evolves and changes. And what I found is that the more consistent your boundaries can be, the more you know what to expect and the more people around you know what to expect. So as your boundaries are in flux or as they're changing, it can be kind of a bumpy road, not only for yourself, like where are my boundaries? Where do I draw the line? Do I want to do this? Yes or no? Like really just trying to decide what your boundary is. And then also the people around you 
really knowing what your boundary is as well. Yes, that is one of the most important things about boundaries is it's not only communicating to yourself what it is that you want or what it is that you're going to say yes or say no to, but it also gives other people an idea of what to expect whenever they're interacting with you, which is super important. And I will say, I love this thing. I love what you just said about all of that because and especially it being a bumpy road because I do find with my boundaries currently being in flux that it's it's like almost hardening back up some walls that you know began to crumble if you go back to any past episodes and I know these days we're getting lots of new listeners so I just want to say hello to anyone that's new um and we have been you know around talking about this all of this stuff for a long time. Boundaries is one of the things that we talk about in our book, Being Boss, Take Control of Your Work and Live Life on Your Own Terms. It's a whole chapter. It's very important. We find it to be one of the foundations of being boss. Um, And if you go back to any of the episodes over the past year or so, you may hear Kathleen and I talk about a period of burnout that we've both experienced, especially post-writing and launching the book, You know, we each have our own individual businesses. We each are here doing Being Boss for four years. We podcasted every single week. Over this year, we've cut it down to every month. Um, And part of that is to create some boundaries around our time and our energy because we had hit this phase of burnout from going so hard for so long. And we really wanted to protect ourselves and our energy and our relationships. And so we had to sort of build these boundaries for ourselves, like cutting down to podcasting only once a month and some other things as well. But I will say too that going through all of that sort of made some of my own like boundary walls crumble a little bit. And please excuse that helicopter if you can hear that. Um, So I had these boundary walls crumble and I found myself saying yes to things that I didn't want to do and just like lots of fraudy feelings and lots of taking meetings or like saying no to things that I probably would have said like falling out of line with my own values and intentions and it definitely had negative impacts on how it was I was showing up for my own boundaries so what I've found is that in this period of flux for myself where you know maybe some weeks I'm not taking any meetings on actually Friday is pretty consistent to me we can talk about that little like work boundary for myself I do not take meetings on Fridays it just doesn't happen Fridays are a day either where I'm going to grocery shop or I'm going to go hiking or I'm just going to like finally hit my inbox and get all of those things done whatever it may be Um, so I don't take meetings on Fridays but maybe there are some weeks where I'm not taking meetings on Mondays either or on Thursdays either or maybe I have four days that I'm open for meetings. I'm just sort of adjusting and playing. And I find myself as things get bumpy, I'm having to hold true to myself in a more consistent way. That's a good practice after almost losing myself through burnout. So I will say I'm open to the bumpiness that current flux and inconsistent boundaries are creating for myself. I find it to be a really good practice for sort of learning how to show up again in that, and like a really boss capacity. Yeah, I think that whenever you first start practicing setting boundaries, you're going to hit a little bit of bumpiness because you don't know what your line is. You don't know what your boundaries are unless you feel 
like you've crossed the line a little bit. That's kind of how you figure it out. So if you're in a place of transition or in a brand new place, like let's say you have a day job and then you've got this side hustle that you're trying to get off the ground and you've never done that before, or maybe you've just quit your day job and you're freelancing for the first time ever or starting your own business, anything that's new or in transition, you're going to have this place where you're figuring it out and you're not going to get it perfect every time. And that's how you discover what your boundaries are, is sometimes by failing, sometimes by crossing the line, sometimes by feeling taken advantage of or scattered or spread thin. That's how you figure it out as you go. I think the important part is that you're aware as you go. You have this awareness and reflection that happens that you can start to draw your line. So I want to get a little bit into defining and establishing boundaries. So a lot of what you were talking about, Emily, is this idea of burnout. That's a great example of knowing when you need to establish some boundaries. So whenever you're feeling drained of energy, time, or money, it's probably time to set up some boundaries. So what are some um, examples of how you've known when you need to establish boundaries, even aside from burnout, for example? I think an easy one for me is looking at my calendar. And if I'm if I have so many meetings on my schedule over the next week or two weeks that like I just don't even want to do it, <laughs> then I know that I need to tighten up some boundaries or shift some things or place some different boundaries in place around how I'm showing up in the context of meeting with other people. So that one's a really big one for me and is, is an easy one where I can look at my calendar and if I feel overwhelmed by just looking at it, then I know that I need to um, that I need to scale back in some way. So because for me, I am an introvert. So meeting with people, being with people does drain me. And I know that about myself again, that like that self-awareness is key. So my calendar or also my to-do list is a way if I can just look at my to-do list and I'm like, oh, can't even deal, then I know I need to adjust or make some boundaries. Yeah, I think one of mine is whenever I feel like my inbox is quicksand. In fact, my email inbox is one of probably the first places that I set up boundaries for myself and really feeling completely overwhelmed by my inbox. And part of it was because I felt like I needed to respond to every single message. Part of it was that I was subscribed to way too many newsletters and it helped me realize, okay, what is the function of my inbox? What is my role within my inbox? How can I turn this into a place that's energizing or productive versus draining and exhausting? Yes. And I will say too, so this is one of the first places that I ever put some boundaries around as well. And I did this by tracking my time around how much time I was spending in my inbox. And I saw that I was spending so much time in my inbox. It was ridiculous, like 15 hours a week or something in my inbox, just like answering emails, filtering things through. So it was one of the first places that I got really hardcore with how it was I was setting boundaries around the time that I was spending in it. And I'll tell you, these days, I have no problem going a week without replying to a single email in my inbox. Like, it doesn't bring me any stress. I don't mind seeing that I have 50, 100 emails in my inbox that need to be answered. And I will allot time every couple of days or at least every week, every other week to go in for an hour or two and just answer it all at once because that's all you have to do is allot a little bit of time every week or two weeks to answer it all. 
And it is different if you're working on current client projects and all of those things. I understand that everyone has their own situation. But I will say that if your inbox brings you stress, start practicing some boundaries and pretty soon the stress will disappear. Yeah, and I think one of the early boundaries I put in place for my email inbox was not checking it in the evenings or weekends. I'm not even tempted to check it on the evenings or weekends. It's just not a priority, I suppose. And so that's another thing with boundaries is it's not only looking at what drains your energy and where you need to set up boundaries. Sometimes it's about protecting what it is that you want to create and nurture. Right. It is. Use it. It is sometimes. It it is. It is is. about what it is that you want to protect and cultivate. It's what your priorities are, what is most important to you. That's what you're setting. It's not, you're not setting, you're not necessarily setting boundaries to keep things out. You're setting boundaries to protect the things within those boundaries. And I think whenever you can go at it from that place, it's a much truer, kinder place to set up boundaries. Yeah, and it's just not so negative. I think that a lot of us think about boundaries as keeping toxic people out of our lives or, you know, cutting off certain relationships or habits when in fact boundaries can be a very positive thing. They can be containers in which you can really thrive. So in fact, in our Being Boss book, we have, whenever we were writing this book, we were like, wait, how do you define boundaries? And we are big fans of metaphors. So we thought of it, we started visualizing it as this garden. And you have so much square footage, you can only have so many containers within your garden. So thinking of it as square foot gardening, container gardening, what plots do you want? Like, what is it that you want to grow? And knowing that you only have so much space to grow the things that you want to grow. Maybe you have, I remember we put in one container that's just a white space. It's a space for nothing. It's your space where you can spontaneously grow whatever it is that you want to grow that season. Or it's a place where you can just sit and chill with nothing else happening in it. So we really thought of this garden as far as you're wanting to nurture and grow and water and give some sunshine to your vegetables, to your flowers, to all the things. But then what do you want to keep out of your garden? What kind of pests and nuisances do you want to keep out of that space? So it really is twofold. But I love thinking about it that way because it really does help me define what my priorities are, what my containers are, what I want to nurture and grow within those spaces. Okay, so then I have a question for you. If you are thinking more about boundaries these days, and we've talked a bit about what, and we will talk more about what those boundaries are, what is it that you're most wanting to like protect and cultivate these days? And how has that shifted from, let's say, six months to a year ago? I suppose the thing, well, I have two things. One is personal and one is professional. The personal thing that I'm really protecting and cultivating right now is sleep. Amen. If you've been listening to the show from the beginning, I started um, or we started being boss whenever Fox was probably one and still waking up eight to ten. And Fox is her son, not her pet. (laughs) Fox is my son. (laughs) He's five and a half. He still has not slept through the night. So It's one of those things that I used to talk about a lot because it was really traumatic and awful being so sleep deprived. And I've come full circle around to this place where I'm really protecting my sleep. I struggle with insomnia. So even just the other day, I had a social invitation 
to hang out. And I said, okay, but I've got to leave by 7 p.m. so I can be home by 8, so I can unwind, so that I can sleep. You know, I just can't stay out until midnight anymore. And it also means that I'm not drinking very much, if at all, anymore, because wine keeps, like even one glass of wine will disturb my sleep. So I'm really protecting my sleep and I'm really cultivating it. I used to think of sleep as this thing that helped my other boundaries or my other priorities flourish, but now sleep has got its own container. It has its own space that I'm protecting and cultivating and really nurturing. And the cool thing about boundaries too is just like we were talking about email, I don't even have to think about setting up boundaries around my email anymore or expectations because it's been done. And this is what I love about habits and routines and how they interact with your boundaries is that I'm creating all of these healthy habits and routines around my sleep hygiene so that hopefully one day I don't even have to think about it. It's just kind of on autopilot and I don't have to put so much attention on it so that I can start to cultivate and grow something else. I love it. What's the professional one? Oh, I suppose the professional one is I'm really digging getting my hands back into design lately. It's really made me realize that I am a designer and really protecting my role as a designer. And so actually, this is a place where we can kind of hash this out together. Sometimes it takes talking it through with your business bestie to figure out your boundaries. So remember how I said that I wanted to start a blog? Yes. And I was really excited because I'm buying this new house. And I really want to capture and shape and share the experience and design design decisions that go into creating this home and the kind of life and intentionality that I can bring to to it all through blogging. It's kind of a full circle of where I started. Well, looking at my boundaries, looking at my garden, looking at the plots that I have between sleep, my kid, my work, being a graphic designer at Braid, podcasting here at Being Boss, I do not have room in my garden for a blog. Like if I'm just looking at my priorities and it's, I want it, I want to do it, but I couldn't find the space for it. And so it's kind of this boundary that I had to set up that like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to have a blog. This is actually now a no decision. And I feel like we're actually really good at doing this. We're really good at saying, I love this idea. And now it's not happening. (laughs) We're really good at talking ourselves out of doing things for sure. But for the purpose of protecting what we find to be truly important. um, Right. Oh, so coming back to graphic design and my role mm -hmm. as a graphic designer, I'm really enjoying doing client work. And I really want to protect my role as a designer. And I found this with any sort of talent. Whenever it comes to being the CEO or the boss of your business, you start wearing a lot of different hats and you start being pulled in a lot of different directions. And I've really had to create some boundaries around what my role is and what it is that I do professionally. And so professionally, the thing that I want to focus on the most, my core genius, is in graphic design. It's in making things look really good and really polished and really cohesive. Then my other role is being there for my team, especially as a creative director for my junior designer um, and for you know my art directors. So really being available to them. In fact, the other day, my junior designer, she was like, hey, I don't want to bother you, but can you take a look at this thing? And I had to tell her, listen, you are never bothering me by having me take a look at something. This is my job. 
And this is what I love doing. I love helping you look at things and make them better. And so really establishing that boundary, even with her saying, interrupt me, quote unquote, interrupt me, because it's not an interruption anytime, because that's, I've made space for that. Um, So professionally, those are kind of some boundaries that I've got going on. And it means that I might not have time for stuff like blogging. Sure. Well, I have a proposal for the blogging that I will have at you off air. Oh, let's just, just so you know, bring it on air. Oh, what is really? it? Do you want to do a quarterly post for Almanac? Ooh. For, then you're not managing your own site. You're not managing your own blog at all. It's just take a couple photos, write a little ditty. <laughs> write a little ditty. <laughs> think about it. I know. I'll have to think about it. Whenever I was telling people, you know, I'm thinking about not blogging, they were like, well, you could just do it as much or as little as you want to. And there's something for me about that consistency and that regimen. And even a couple of episodes back, whenever we were Mm -hmm. talking about blogging and podcasting and creating content, for me, it is this kind of thing where I have to get into the routine of it in order to really get on a roll and to get momentum with it. Just I don't know. It. Just think yeah. on it. Just well, thanks think for on the invitation. It. Just think on it. So, what are, what do you have? Some what kind of um, things are you trying to cultivate, and what are you doing to create boundaries around it? Like on the positive side, so not just the stuff that you mm-hmm. want to say no to, but the stuff that you want to say yes to. What I am trying to cultivate right now is work that brings me joy. Right. And so this has and professionally, let's start professionally, work that brings me joy. So we have stopped podcasting as much so that we can bring joy back to this. We were doing it so much that it like almost wasn't fun anymore. But doing it once a month, like we think about it and talk about it all month. And then we show up and we do this. And we probably aren't including in the episode, but the first 10 minutes of us trying to record this was just laughter, <laughs> basically. Um, I hope that doesn't make it in because that's not a good way to start a podcast, guys. But you Um, know, it's so interesting that you say this about creating work that brings you joy. Joy was one of your first words of the year that I can really remember you focusing on. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And really filtering your boundaries through what you value is huge. Yes. Yes. Right. So that has been a very purposeful, like linear thought process there is a couple years ago I set a intention of the year that was joy and because whenever you do that whenever you have that sort of intention practice which is also something that we talk about in our book um, those words don't just last for that year or that month or that week or whatever they last forever like especially once you practice a word like that for an entire year like it flavors the rest of your life in one way or the other Um, and so for me it has been tapping back into that idea of what brings me joy and this is all also pre Marie Kondo, just so you know, I was there first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but but it has made me think about that a whole lot, and a lot of the burnout, which I'm feeling much better. And we're going to be talking about that a lot because boundaries is one of those things that has come up for me a lot. Um, I'm not feeling burnout anymore. I still have occasional days where I'm like, I just want to take a nap today, um, which is fine. Um, but I'm, I'm feeling good and feeling like getting back to work and doing things. But as I'm very intentionally like going back into this upswing of 
getting back to work and thinking about what I'm building next, what I'm doing next, because, you know, Almanac is growing. Um, It's doing fun things and it's in a place where it can go to fun places if I'm ready to show up and do it. And I want to make sure that I'm doing those things in a way that I feel amazing about them every step of the way. So it really is finding these very like, these very like hard to see paths through all the opportunities to like just the right little nugget that I'm going to feel great about because something like Almanac Supply Co. um, or even what we're doing here at Being Boss, there's so many people involved and there's so many things and there's communities involved. So many opportunities that I'm just, I'm trying to be very mindful to cultivate a work life that simply brings me immense joy because I know that whenever I feel joy about the work that I'm doing it's going to be amazingly better than I'm just if I'm just feeling kind of iffy about it and even enjoying the process along the way yes like if you are enjoying the process usually it will take you to the results that you desire or results that you didn't even expect that are even better than what you could have imagined right and that's been a whole mindset thing for me lately and this is not the mindset chat this is the boundary chat but a mindset thing for me lately has been so much of what we've done over the past couple of years has been great fun doing it but the result of it has been so amazing like being boss has been so amazing in so many ways that I've found myself reconditioned into only thinking about the result and yes caring a lot less about the process and now I see, or I'm just have been shown many times over the past year or two that you should pretty much just fuck the end result. <laughs> Don't care about it or think about it or anything and just enjoy the process. Um, so I'm definitely back in that place of it's not just looking ahead at what's going to happen from putting in all of this work, but really making sure that the work that I'm doing brings me joy. However, Sometimes I think that establishing boundaries to cultivate what it is that you want to create does take some discipline that doesn't always feel good along the way. So for example, you don't do well with gluten, but you love a biscuit. Girl, I love a biscuit. So you love the process of eating a biscuit. You don't love the result of eating a biscuit. Oh, snap. That's a nice little metaphor there, Kathleen. I like that. For sure. For sure. And... I also have gained, and I think this is just like another one of those mindset, like awareness pieces. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, This idea of like what you do doesn't matter. That's a whole larger conversation. Because we're all going to die. Because we're all going to die anyway. (laughs) And so what the places that this has put me into is this idea of really thinking about what I'm going to do right now that makes me happy, but my my perspective is broad enough to know that, you know, if what's going to make me happy is, you know, I don't know, something that's detrimental to someone else, that doesn't actually make me happy. You know, like there's this broader right. sense of joy and happiness that I'm aware of. And so I'm less into that like direct call, cause and effect of like, I'm going to do this, it's going to make me happy. Like I can think a little further than just like that initial action. And I think that's important. And is a perspective more people need to have um, and is one that I definitely own. And so by me saying I'm going to do things that make me happy or that bring me joy, it's not I'm not just looking at doing that thing now. I'm also looking at the things that are connected to it because sometimes what would bring me the most joy 
it's just staying in bed all day. But if that makes, you know, my partner David angry or it shows my kid how to be a lazy human being, then that's not going to bring me joy. And I recognize that. So there is like this this chain of reactions that you also have to be aware of um, so that you're not being a completely selfish human being. And that brings me into wanting to talk about boundaries and relationships. But first, let's take a break. All right, bosses, just a few minutes ago, you heard me talk about how getting real about how much time I spend in my inbox helped me draw hard boundaries in my schedule that has aided in releasing me from the stress that is email management. Gathering data around your most precious resource, your time, is imperative for making informed decisions about how you move forward in your business. To help me do that, I use Timely, time tracking software that is flexible, intuitive, and because this is important to me, is beautiful. I've used it for years and it helps me be boss of my own time. Timely, for those who trade in time. Start your free 14-day trial and get 10% off your first year by going to www.timelyapp.com slash boss. We don't know a boss who isn't currently thinking about scaling their business online. If you were to ask us about creating online courses, digital downloads, and memberships, well, we'd send you to Podia. Podia is the all-in-one hassle-free platform for online courses, digital downloads, and memberships. We've researched all the platforms, and hands down, Podia is the best. Plus, Podia has a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Try it out for free and get 15% off for life by signing up at podia.com bosses. Again, that's podia.com bosses. All right, let's talk about work boundaries. So we just sort of intro with all kinds of work and life stuff. But I want to talk specifically about work because this is we're in a business podcast. Mm-hmm. This is what you guys are here for. Um, and these are probably I think this may be the place where I'm best at putting in boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know. So whenever I think about boundaries and work, I think about protecting your resources and really being efficient with your resources. And we define resources here at Being Boss as time, money, and energy. So these are the things that we're wanting to protect, nurture, and be super intentional with. So let's start with work time. Okay, I will also say, I think that I can, I'm usually best at this because I see how putting boundaries in work can equate to profitability. Yeah. Right. Like there there can be like some real quantitative results from putting in boundaries and work. Um, so preceding this with that. You know, it's funny that you say that too, though, because sometimes I think with my work boundaries, it's more about where I have energy. So that's always been one of my mantras is follow the energy and trust that the money will come. So I think that maybe even you and I have butted heads before around feeling energy around something, but then plugging it into a spreadsheet and it doesn't make financial sense but just right. trusting or vice versa or, or like vice versa having something having no energy lots of money but I seem <laughs> like there's no energy there guys right yes so sometimes it really is about balancing time money or profitability and energy and that happens when you know what you value which is also mm. something we talk about in our book. You can also go to beingboss.club slash values where we really talk about some values. Um, but I think 
values is an important piece there whenever weighing which one and when it happens, which one gets the most weight, whether it's time, money, or energy. And it's all about what it is that you value, what it is that you're prioritizing, and even what your non-negotiables are, which is not something we've talked about. We define non-negotiables as those things that were non-negotiable. So for me, and maybe you these days, sleep for sure. Like nothing's going to get in the way of my sleep, guys. Not allowed. Not allowed. Um, Or for me, those Friday no meetings, non-negotiable. Nothing is popping up on my Friday unless it's a haircut or something (laughs) like that. Uh, But no business meetings for sure. So it is knowing what your values are um, that will lead you to know how to make decisions around what resource is most important and when. So let's talk about time because this is one that you can't get back. So how do you spend your work time? How do I spend my work time? Um, Maybe not the best ways these days. And that's... (laughs) That's probably the piece where I am working to build back up better boundaries. I was even talking to David just last week in terms of Almanac Supply Co. where I was like, do you realize like who I am and what I am capable of, (laughs) basically? But I'm spending four hours a week writing Instagram posts, right? So like not, maybe not the best place for me to spend my time and my energy, but it is where it's currently needed. Um, But you can start setting boundaries in place, which is one of the things that we're doing where we're going to hire someone, we're going to delegate that shit, and I'm going to create a boundary around myself that does not let Instagram writing in. There you go. So I'm spending a lot of time doing lots of Instagram these days. Um, But that has also been my role It's been one of my duties at Almanac as we have begun growing. Whenever you start a business, you do all the things. It's just what you do. I also feel like you set up your Instagram account as an experiment as well. You've been experimenting a lot with your Instagram. And sometimes I think that's a good way to see what works and what isn't working, which is part of setting up a boundary. Yes. And it allows you to be flexible and to change your mind. For sure. But all that time has been put in. (laughs) I know what's working and what's not working. And I'm ready to hand that shit off. And so for me, that's a boundary that that I'm creating where, okay, now it's time to make steps where that is no longer one of my roles is, you know, Instagram manager. Um, But that can go to someone else. So then I can reallocate my time to something else. Um, And one of the things that we do at Almanac is at least once a month, I have this like special little Asana project um, or project in Asana. It's the platform we use for project management and it's called business development and it's just all of the opportunities we have. And we have a little section for what's currently in progress and this can be products that we're developing. This can be, you know, opportunities that have arisen. This can be, you know, some workshop ideas that we have whatever it may be, it's the things that we're working on. And then we have all of the opportunities and we sort of keep them ranked. Every month we sit down and we re-rank them in terms of like, 
what is most important, what we most want to go after, and what's least important will come to later. And so we've actually even used the Sasana board as a way for us to create some boundaries around what we're working on and what we're going to save until later. And so we can really be on the same page about what we're currently putting our time and our energy and even our money into. And so we're not wasting it on things that aren't quite ready yet. Um, I think it can be really great for you to work either with yourself or with your team to prioritize opportunities in that way. Because one of the things that I find often whenever I'm coaching my clients or doing you know, my masterminding with my clients is that people are just putting all of their time and energy in all the places. There's no boundaries in terms of time and energy and money when it comes to how it is that they're working on their business. But whenever you can get really clear about what all the opportunities are and get really clear around what you're working on now and what you're gonna save until later, you can get a lot more stuff done. Totally. That's one of my favorite places to set up boundaries in work. And this was a, I mean, it was a definitive moment for me early in my career. I was working at an advertising agency with my sister, who I own Braid Creative with now. And she's very much a copywriter and I am very much a designer, but she could do both. She could design and she could write. These days she's only writing. These days I'm mostly only designing. I'm really good at writing for myself. So I'm good at writing the Being Boss book. I'm good at writing blog posts. I'm not great at writing for clients. And I remember she really was pushing me to be able to write for clients, to be able to do ad copy. And once I was able to say no to that, it was life-changing because then I could just focus on being the best graphic designer I could be. And that was such an important boundary. And it taught me so much about really setting up boundaries around your expertise and really doing what it is that you want to be known for. And the more successful you become in your business, the more opportunities come your way. The more things you can say yes to and will want to say yes to. So having a system like you were just describing, Emily, where you can really organize how and when to say yes to these opportunities that you want to say yes to and making sure that you're saying no to stuff that might get in the way of saying yes down the road to other things that you really want to do is incredibly important. And so one of my favorite exercises that we actually have in our CEO day kit at Being Boss is really defining what your roles and duties are in your job and writing a job description for it so that if things aren't fitting in your job description, you can start to either outsource it, delegate it, or automate it to protect what it is that you really want to be doing. Another example of this is at Braid Creative, we get asked a lot to do websites. And the thing with being a creative entrepreneur and being a talented creative entrepreneur is that you can do a lot of things, but just because you can do them doesn't mean you should do them. Amen. (laughs) And focusing on what we're best at means that we cannot be spending our time developing out websites. Because after working closely with you while you were still doing websites, a website isn't just about developing and designing. It's about content. It's about strategy. It's about user experience. It's about business model. And it takes a lot of time and expertise. And I would rather share what we're best at, which is developing out a brand platform and positioning and brand identity with someone who is best at websites. You know, like, so I just don't want to spread us thin there 
So for me, it means, and I feel bad about it all the time. It's probably why I'm even talking about it now because a lot of people will be like, can you do my website? I'm like, oh, I wish I could, but it's just not the best use of anybody's time for me to be doing your website. It means that I would be taking away from me doing another brand platform or two in the time it would take me to do a website. Right. And that sort of awareness about what it is that your job role is and creating that hard boundary is what keeps you great at what you do. It's what keeps you from watering down your expertise and keeps you in a place where you are most sought after for your graphic design and not going into all the other little things that you could easily move into with the experience that you have. It's an important lesson for any creative entrepreneur to learn. Shipping and mailing from your desk has never been simpler than with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just a click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you are back to business in no time. And for being a Being Boss listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never overpay. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SendPro Online. Starting at $4.99, you also can qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online, and print from your PC. Go to pb.com slash beingboss to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash beingboss. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. I have a confession to make, though. Yes, ma'am. I used to be really good about my work hours and boundaries around that. I have been working more evenings and weekends than ever before. Sometimes they can go fluid. Sometimes (laughs) they can go fluid, right? And this is the point that I want to make too, is that I don't feel bad about it. I'm having a very flexible and fun summer. So for example, my kiddo was home with me on Friday. It meant that I had to make up some work on Sunday. It meant that I was even emailing a client on a Sunday and she emailed me back because we have a brand platform that's due tomorrow. You know, deadlines sometimes mean that you're going to have to work whenever you don't want to. But it's that perspective that you were talking about earlier, Emily, where I know that if I can just get this done now, that I'm going to be able to take a vacation basically all of August. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the important things about setting up boundaries is knowing when to break them because a boundary should not be in place forever. I think whenever you do that, it's when you stunt your own growth. It's when you, you know, remove yourself from even having the possibility of opportunities or vacations to arise. So I'm down for that. I I stay pretty good at my nine to five-ish hours. I like to sometimes come in early in the morning. So like if I wake up at like 6 a.m. and I don't feel like just reading or whatever, like I want to get a head start because maybe I want to go hiking in the afternoon and not fall behind on all of my work. Um, I'll go outside of those. That's actually, I think work hours is one of those boundaries that I just have sort of let go of too. Or even last week... um, One of the writers that we have at Almanac sent me a post that she had, and I was so excited. It was like 5 p.m. when she sent it to me. I ended up spending like three and a half hours that evening just sort of getting it loaded on the website, getting all the marketing done around it, and I 
feel bad about it either. I had a blast doing it. And I think that whenever you can, I think whenever you can recognize that there are places in your business where you don't need strict boundaries, you maintain the freedom to work in the way that you want to. Because if I were only setting up myself to work only during nine to five, then guys, I just created myself a nine to five. And isn't that what we're all trying to get away from? (laughs) Right? So we have a listener question that says, how do you set digital boundaries with clients? What do you actually say? (laughs) You say what you mean. Well, I've found that it's what you don't say sometimes. Um, So for me, yeah. So here's how I set up boundaries, digital boundaries with my clients. One is I have a contract and an agreement. And in that agreement, it outlines when we will be working together, what the timelines and deadlines are. So I think that the more clear you can be about the scope of the project, that alone is boundaries that sets up what everyone can expect. Um, The next thing is, you know, digital boundaries. I wonder if this listener is talking about emails. Sometimes it's not saying, hey, I only email between these hours. Have you ever seen that in someone's footer? Like, or like an auto Yes, and I love that. To any I can tell that- it bugs you from your face. No one can see Kathleen's like judgy look on her face right now. <laughs> I don't love it. I don't love it because, okay, so I get a lot of autoresponders that say, I'm only answering emails on Fridays or I'm only answering emails between 12 and 2 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I get it. That's fine. I'd rather just get the email whenever I get it. Like, I don't necessarily. And I think that sometimes people say that more for themselves than they do for the recipient. That is a fact for sure. Um, Right. I enjoy seeing it because I I enjoy seeing people put boundaries around their email because I know how much anxiety and stress that inboxes bring to especially online business owners. So I I don't mind seeing it for that purpose. I've had it in mind, too, in the past whenever especially I was doing a lot of client work because you need to say things like that in multiple places for people to finally maybe read it once. Um, But I will say now that I literally am only answering my email maybe once a week I don't say it (laughs) like I'm just I'll get to you when I get to you and literally no one has ever been annoyed ever no one has ever responded back and said well that took you a long time no no one cares no one has ever cared however I'm not working directly with design clients anymore though my mastermind clients like we're in a slack I'm chatting with them all the time that's perfectly fine and I think that's an important rule too or important boundary that you can create what are you allowing in your inbox and what belongs in another place I think if you're working with digital boundaries with clients having a project management system where you are communicating with clients can be a really great boundary to have it keeps the conversation much more in line with the project and they're you know not stopping by your inbox at midnight or whatever it may be another boundary I've always had hardcore with my clients is they're not getting my cell phone number literally exactly ever except my mastermind clients get it whenever they're traveling to Chattanooga I'll be like you text me it's fine but then it stops as soon as that ma- as soon as their retreats are over I don't I don't I don't do that and whenever okay people but what would you stories, do if one of your mastermind clients texted you today I'd probably ignore it and follow up on slack Okay, so this is exactly a great point. I have had some slippery slopes of boundaries whenever I become friends with my clients, which doesn't happen Mm. as much now as it did in the early days. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have some friends 
that became really close friends through the process of working together. They've come on some being boss vacations. Just after eight years of being in this world, sometimes you become friends with your clients and they do have my phone number. So I have had a previous client text me with work questions or even Marco Polo me with work questions. And for their sake, not even just to create a boundary, but so that their question gets answered because I want to answer it, I will say, hey, can you send this to me in my email so it doesn't fall through the cracks? So that is literally what I will say whenever a boundary has been crossed. I will say, hey, for both of us, can you do blank? The thing that is that I want them to do. Or it might be, um, hey, I will respond to this on Monday morning give me the weekend to think about it or, you know, give me the weekend to live my life. (laughs) Right. Right. And here's the thing here. It's communicating. The most important thing about boundaries is that you are communicating clearly what they are. And I also think unapologetically, whenever I'm getting email after email from people who are like, I'm so sorry I didn't answer your email within 20 minutes of you sending it. Or like, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry I was on vacation. What? Like, no, don't be sorry. Just state what the boundary is or where you would like to be, you know, communicated with or what just no not even I'm sorry no but just no thank you okay you are so good about clearly communicating your boundaries without apology so we've been through seasons with being boss with recording episodes with launching things with taking meetings where you say I'm not taking any interviews for the month of August and I feel much more like uh So I, you know, like I'm a little bit more hesitant and scared of, honestly, this happens a lot in my business partnerships. So with my team or with my business partners where I'm afraid of disappointing them or letting Mm -hmm. them down by setting boundaries. Right. Of when I'll be available or not. Apologizing isn't going to keep them from, (laughs) like that doesn't, like, sorry, no, and no, thank you. There's no difference there between whether they're going to like you for saying no or not. Does that make sense? So just like say it and own it. Right. And I've never not liked you less for establishing a boundary. And I've even learned exact language to say from watching you model it, which is sometimes just saying I don't have the bandwidth for that or I'm not taking any meetings this month or no thanks. (laughs) Right. I think just own it. I think just so. And I don't know where I got that. I I know one of the things or one of the places I got that is I find it so obnoxious when people are so heavily apologizing for it. Like I see it enough that I don't want to add to that. And I want Mm. to show that there is another way to be like graceful and in it and not apologetic, but like just understanding without being apologetic. Do you ever have behind the scenes anxiety about it though? I will often have to rewrite an email after like I'll write it, I'll read it and go, okay, I need to remove that. Sorry, because I'm not sorry. Mm. (laughs) Or so it definitely is often my first reaction to do like everyone else does and apologize or give excuses or whatever. And I usually have to go back and clean up my response and just be like, no, thank you. That doesn't work for me. And I found that the more secure you are in your own boundaries and awareness around what it is that you want and what it is that you don't want, and the more secure you feel around your roles and duties, the easier it is to say no. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And we talked earlier about our calendar. Like it's easy for me to say, no, thank you. This is not a good time. Whenever I look at my calendar and I see that I have far too many meetings for the coming weeks anyway, or whenever I'm looking at my workload. So I'm looking at my project management system and I'm saying I can't take on another project because I am booked up for the next six weeks or whatever it may be. By having some good habits and routines around how it is that you manage your time and energy and money. So like even budget things. So If an opportunity comes up for you to invest in this thing or make a product or hire someone, like checking those those places where you keep records of either your projects or your money or where your time is going. That's how you're able to unapologetically look at what is real, what is factual for what you were working on and seeing if an opportunity is a good fit for you or not. And whether that's, it can be any number of things, any number of things, but It's easy to tell when you're looking at those things. So we also had a listener question asking how to manage client expectations when they don't align with your approach or standard of work. So I mentioned an example of this where clients will ask you to do things that you don't do. In that point, it's really nice to have a script of, hey, this isn't what I do best. Like, here is what I do. If the scope of what you're needing fits within those parameters, great. You know, it's a great fit. If not... I think it's just not being afraid to say no, you know, not being afraid to say, hey, this isn't how I work. If you want to work with me, this is what it looks like. But in order to do that, you have to have clear expectations and you have to have a clear process that you are able to articulate. Yes. And once you have that process, it's telling someone that you have to follow this process in order to get the results. Like the results are a result of a process and they have to align with the process to get the result that they purchased. I recently had a tricky situation where a client who had been onboarded hadn't yet signed their contract and they were about to have their first meeting in the next three days. And I had to, they were emailing back and forth and asking a lot of questions and I was answering all their questions and I think it's great to do your due diligence, but I was sensing some hesitation. And one of my boundaries when it comes to work is I will never convince someone to work with me. Either you are enthusiastic and ready to go through the process, um, of course, with some questions, and I'll, I'll explain it. But if I've already explained myself and I feel this kind of combative, well, tell me why we should be working together or why don't you do websites or, you know, what, what do I do after this part? I don't know. Like whenever I sense a certain amount of aggression or hostility, that's where I draw a line. And it means that we're probably not a good fit. And so I had this client that hadn't signed her contract and she was asking a lot of almost aggressive questions that I, in fact, had already answered. So it was becoming problematic. And I emailed her back and I said, hey, you haven't signed your contract yet. We have a lot of people in queue waiting to go through this process with us, who are really excited about going through this process with us. For now, I don't think it's a good fit. I think you need to find someone who can do X, Y, and Z. So I was trying to be really nice and she got upset and she requested a phone call. And I knew that I was in trouble because if once I get on the phone with someone, they can talk me into just about anything. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, but but it was actually a very good learning moment for myself, which is I actually should have said, hey, can we get on the phone or can we, and that that has always been solid advice. Whenever things start getting sticky, get on the phone or get on a Skype call because it just really humanizes everybody. For and sure. it becomes a conversation and you can start to negotiate your boundaries versus this hard line. And I think that, I think that whenever it comes to clients, it is worth a conversation and trying to remain on the same side. Like, hey, I want you to get the results that you want to get. Let's have a conversation about it. So I ended up getting on the phone with her and I realized that she was just freaking out. Like she was scared about some wild growth that she was already having. And this is where some of my coaching training came in process where I was able to say like, hey, I think what you're really freaking out about is this and not my process. If you want to move forward with my process, I'm happy to do that. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm so sorry for freaking you out by saying I didn't think it was a good fit. I do think it is if you can accommodate these expectations, which includes signing your contract within five hours or we're not doing it. Yeah. Perfect. Right. So that's like Clear an example of like literal boundaries that I've had to set up in like a literal conversation and where it gets kind of gray and awkward and and boundaries sometimes mean having hard conversations, not only with your business partners and your team, but also with your clients. For sure. Okay, Emily, so you busted out this beautiful color-coded spreadsheet and you had listed even in this spreadsheet some of our roles and duties and our marketing plans and our numbers. And it kind of looked a lot like our CEO day kit. Well, you better bet. But that's exactly where it came from. And it stemmed from me doing some of the exercises in CEO day kit. It really spurred me to think about what it is that we wanted to do in our business for the new year. Except a little differently this year, I used those to create some spreadsheets. But it definitely started with the exercises, the worksheets that we include in CEO Day Kit, a tool that we use every year to plan our year ahead. So it really gives us a chance to sit down, get really clear on all of our goals, on all of our attentions. It helped me think about my word of the year and some of my words of the month coming up. So if you guys want to get aligned and in the know with the nuts and bolts of your business, check out our CEO day kit at courses.beingboss.club. All right. So we talked lots about work boundaries. We could talk a million more years about work boundaries. Um, let's talk about some life boundaries though, really quickly, because these boundaries I think are what allow us to really show up to our work in our best creative capacity. Um, But they also are in place to help us enjoy the life that we are working to create as much as possible. Yes. So between being a mom and having a couple of businesses, I don't have life. I don't have life. I don't have space in my life for a whole lot more extra things. So this means that I'm having to say no to being on a committee. It means I'm having to say no to being in clubs. It means that my social life is a little bit sacrificed, like just being honest about what I can and cannot do. So for me, I would say that my personal life, aside from being a mom, has has a lot of boundaries because it's just not there. Yeah. 
like the priority right now is work. And I feel also that I'm in this season of my life where I'm in my 30s and this is fine. Like it's fine that I'm in this big season where working and momming are just my two biggest priorities and that's pretty much all I've got. There you go. That's what you're protecting right there. (laughs) And you have to, I think, and especially the age that your kid is. Like my daughter is 11 now, so she has quite a bit more autonomy than yours does. So it's easier for me to start fitting in other things. I will say for me over the past, or especially the, I feel like we need to come up with some like stupid ass name for like our, the great burnout or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The great, the great boss burnout. The great boss burnout of 1819. Um, right. Um, all of my boundaries were simply around sleeping in the forms of a good night's sleep, but also occasional napping, lots of self-care, lots of like hikes in the woods. Like it was about like just realigning myself and resting up and restoring and all of the things. I do feel like now I'm able to move out of that space a little bit, still very much a priority for me to hike, for me to spend time in nature, for me to garden, for me to do the things that give me energy versus drain my energy so that I have energy to be drained. Um, So those are still very important, but I do find myself having more space in my life for social engagements, for showing up at some local meetups that I've been sort of pushing off of my calendar for the past year or so. Um, So I'm loading up my calendar, not like loading it up, but adding some of those things to my calendar, which is really nice. Um, Or throwing in like extra day trips to either go exploring somewhere or to go hang out with people who are in different cities nearby. I find myself much more willing and excited to do some of those things. So mom, yes, but she's easier now for the most part, which is nice. Um, You know, I work with David, my partner, so in our relationship is still great. So we're still making time for those things. But I can finally move away from such heavy prioritization of self-care and move into some other things. So I think I might join a committee. Wouldn't that I be like crazy? Um, Let me know how it goes. Right, will do. I guess, and I'm taking on some other, some other just sort of fun projects. So one of the things is kind of a work thing, but I'm not getting paid for it. It is kind of a life thing because it feels more lifey than work, though I think it is more work being um, doing a TEDx talk. That for me feels very like I'm reading lots of books and I am uh, doing lots of research and I'm putting together a TEDx talk kind of in like my free time because my work time is still filled with all the work stuff. Um, So I don't know. I'm finding space in my life to do more things, which is nice. What about your social media boundaries? Oh, girl. We can talk about this. I forgot about that. I took my personal Instagram off my phone about a month and a half ago, guys, and I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I do still, I'm still running social media or Instagram for Almanac, so I'm still on it. Like, I'm still pushing posts, and I'll catch myself occasionally scrolling, but because it's not my personal account, because we're following things as a business, and it's not things that I would necessarily follow personally, I catch myself a couple scrolls in and I'm like, I don't want to see this. Like, this is not what I feel like consuming. So I am spending significantly less time. I also am not a Facebook user. I haven't been on Facebook in years, which is amazing. Um, so I'm basically kind of not on social media anymore. 
You know, it's funny because my biggest values right now are inspiration and authenticity. Mm-hmm. And those two things butt heads for me whenever it comes to social media because yeah. I love using Instagram to become inspired whenever it comes to recipes or interior design but nothing about it feels entirely authentic. I mean, I think that what's being posted is authentic, but it's authentically highlights, right? Yes. And I embrace that for what it is. The thing that's really bothering me that doesn't feel inspired or authentic whenever it comes to social media is how everyone's become the product. And I think that this is, for me, what has swayed me away from blogging is that I don't want to be the product. I feel like isn't that like the the basis of personal branding though? It well yeah, it is the basis of personal (laughs) branding. I think for me though, the line has always been I'm always selling something that I own or that I've created. Yes. Right? So I have a personal brand within Being Boss and you can buy the book that I wrote with you. You can listen to the podcast that I host with you. You can hire me at Braid Creative to do your graphic design and part of what makes me different is that you might like my personality, right? Whenever you become the product for a bunch of other brands, so I guess what I'm really talking about is Uh, influencer marketing, which I was starting to dip my toe in. Like part of the reason why I wanted to blog is that I wanted some free couches and rugs and things (laughs) right to use the platform that you've built to sort of gain value in another way yeah yeah and then really looking at my values and seeing uh I don't think I want to play that game yeah and I'm not judging anyone who is playing that game if you are in it and you're doing well good on you if you're feeling like you're a hamster running in a wheel you can hop off the wheel and that's kind of Amen. how I was feeling. So I'm like you. I deleted my my personal Instagram off my phone for just one week. And then I added it back on because I needed to do some stuff for Braid that was easier to do through my phone versus through mm-hmm. the app that we use. Yep. Um, and I And I genuinely like it. But I do like taking these breaks from Instagram and completely deleting it off of my phone so that I can reassess my relationship with it and so that I can really – catch myself whenever I'm mindlessly scrolling and create some better boundaries around it. I know that I'm better using my time without having Instagram, just like a click or two. Because even if you hide, who raise your hand if you have hidden Instagram on your phone. So if you've taken the app and you've put it in a folder and maybe put it two or three pages into that folder to keep you from clicking on it so easily... And yet you still do it. Yeah. And then when you delete it off your phone, you go to that same folder yeah. that says do not touch. Like your yes. mo- your thumb just has a mind of its own and just goes to it. Right? So I don't know. I removed it. I feel so much better. I think occasionally I should put it back on because there is something that I want to share or say or do or look at or whatever it is. But I haven't done it yet. And maybe I will one day. Maybe six months into it, I'll be like, okay, I'm ready to come back. Or or maybe I will just use it as a personal brand to sell my stuff and my social media manager will manage it for me, which currently feels about what I would like to do. Um, so I think that you, 
like all things that we've talked about today, it's all about self-awareness. It's all about knowing what is draining your energy and what is giving you energy. Social media drains the fuck out of my energy. Um, because just thinking about sharing and what I want to share and is people going to like what I share or not? And then watching what everyone else is sharing, especially when weird things are going on in the world and everyone starts getting catty or whiny or whatever. Like I can't take it talk about draining some energy guys um so for me drawing that boundary removing my personal instagram from my phone and therefore not spending an hour or more a day scrolling um has definitely given me space in my garden to grow different things so i've got one personal boundary that i feel i'm pretty freaking good at and what is that my workout time Oh, right. Kathleen and her workout hobby. Mm-hmm. So working out is like my primary hobby. And recently it was sacrificed a little bit. And I realized that just like sleep, I was getting real pissy without my daily workout. So I almost see my workout not as um, a hobby even at this point, but as a non-negotiable. So even as I was gearing up with all this client work, I was still working out and there are some sacrifices around that. Like that means that there are some other things that aren't getting done. I've been wearing a whole lot less makeup than I usually do. Or it might mean that, um, you know, I have to ask for a little bit more help whenever it comes to picking up the kiddo from school or whatever it might be. But that is a, a time of day that I'm really prioritizing and protecting and now more than ever because I'm starting to see how it directly affects my attitude and my mood and that it helps me work more efficiently and faster whenever I get it in. I love it. I think whether it is something physical and healthcare related like working out or if it is a hobby which is just mental health basically mm-hmm. like you doing something because it's fun just because it's fun um those two things are really important things to create boundaries around in your life those are things you should be cultivating and i know that those two things are usually the two things that entrepreneurs throw out the window first it's going to be their hobbies the things that they just do for fun because they don't see how it adds to a bottom line <laughs> and it's working out because we would rather use our brains and our bodies Right. Um, So keeping some boundaries around those can be hugely important. Okay, Emily, we've been reading a lot. It's the summertime. I'm averaging about a book a week at this point. And I have so many good ones. I've got some good ones I wanted to talk about. Do it. So first, we've been talking about boundaries and what we're protecting. Sleep is a huge one for both of us. And usually books around sleep are super triggering for me. Like Ariana Huffington's book on sleep was assuming that people were just choosing not to sleep. And for me, it was more of like an insomnia, anxiety, and having a little child that was awake all night. Um, But I got this book recently called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker and it is so good. It's super sciencey. It goes into a lot of studies around why we sleep, why we dream, um, with the different parts of sleep from REM sleep to in REM sleep to light sleep to deep sleep and when these happen throughout the night. And it's really just armed me with a lot of knowledge around why sleep is important which I think is helping me get better sleep. And added bonus, I read this book right before I go to bed and it makes me tired. It puts you to sleep too. It puts me to sleep. <laughs> so that's been a recent favorite. That's kind of sciencey, but 
super intriguing and interesting. I love it. I recently read a book that I thought about recommending to you, but then you told me that you always read my books and I never read yours. So then I felt self-conscious about asking you to read another book. <laughs> but I think okay, like you this can one. always recommend a book to me. <laughs> you always have really good recommendations. Okay, well, this one is one of my favorites. It's called The Nature Fix, Why Nature Makes Us Happier, Healthier, and More Creative um, by a woman named Florence Williams. And I thought it was such a good book. I like dove right in. It's very, I thought it was very well researched. Um, And it covers tons of things, including like just using your five senses in nature and what nature does to it. Lots of like brain science in terms of what nature does to your brain and it had me even more prioritizing things like weekly hikes so one of the things that uh, one of the boundaries that I've been working on creating and and being pretty successful thus far is taking my no meeting Fridays and spending at least half of that day taking a hike so I live in Chattanooga nature is literally everywhere and really beautiful amazing nature um, so we've been taking advantage of that as much as possible lately um, and I have proof all over my legs in the forms of bruises from hopping and falling on rocks and fun things like that, which is one of my favorite things. It would not be summer if I didn't have ridiculously bruised legs showing from under my shorts. Um, but such a good book. And I'm it falls in line with my TEDx talk, which is coming in August. If anyone wants to go not follow me on Instagram, where can you Almanac. You'd want to go to almanacsupplyco.com. Sign up for our email list or follow Almanac on Instagram um, because I'll be talking about sort of the meeting place between nature and business. And this book gave me a couple good little nuggets that I can throw in along with some other things. But I think you would super love this, especially with all the nature walking that you do. Um, It can help you really align with what you're already doing in nature is doing for you and how you can do more to get even better results because nature is insane for your brain guys it's amazing brain science that's a lot of what I've been reading about so I've also found that I'm fascinated by books about therapy so there are two of them that I also (laughs) read that were so good One is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. She's a therapist who then hires her own therapist to help her get over a breakup. And I think it might even be being turned into a show, but she shares some of her client's stories. I think she modifies it so that she's not breaking any laws by sharing these stories. And then the second one is Life Will Be the Death of Me and You Too by Chelsea Handler, who I've always adored. And watching Chelsea Handler go through this enlightenment and having some awareness to her own flaws has been enlightening. And so both of these books were highly entertaining through story, but also they gave me a lot of insight. I almost felt like I had been to a therapy session or two just reading them. I had so many moments where I was highlighting different chapters or different passages that really started to resonate. So these are highly entertaining. And I I found that I'm always that person who, if I know someone's going to therapy, I'm like, well, what did your therapist say? Like, I always want to know what advice people's therapists are giving them. Um, So this is kind of almost like a voyeuristic insight into therapy. I love it. Kathleen's guilty pleasure right there, books on therapy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. 
The book I am currently reading is totally unrelated to everything. And this is kind of also a boundary that I had to draw for myself recently was I could not only read, I would say boring books, but this book may be boring to some people. (laughs) So I had to read a book not with a like other purpose in mind. So oftentimes I'll read business books or even, you know, this nature book that I've read. And I've read several around that topic for the purpose of my TED talk uh, or TEDx talk, I suppose. Um, I've had to promise myself that I would read books without some ulterior motive. And so the book that I'm currently reading is a book called, um, it's called The Gulf, The Making of an American Sea, which is like a mammoth of a book, or I guess it's a behemoth. Damn it. This is where we're going to start messing up words. It's a big book, guys. It's a big book about, it's like the history of the Gulf of Mexico, basically, from like indigenous peoples to DeSoto coming and infecting the entire, you know, North America with his plagues, <laughs> basically. And do they get into runaway the pigs. oil spill, do you think? Like up it will. To that timely? It will. Wow. Yeah. So I, following the history of the Gulf of Mexico, I love you the Gulf. You are a big old nerd. Right? And it's just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much about a... a geography and a area of the world that I love a ton and I go to the Gulf of Mexico I've been there you know a couple dozen times in my lifetime I would love to own a house there one day um so it's really fun for me to wait but aren't you afraid of the Gulf swallowing up the house that you might own absolutely I so little known fact about me I weathered Hurricane Katrina in Mobile back in the day uh scared of the hurricanes like a little bit of post-traumatic stress I think around hurricanes um so that is totally terrifying to me it would be a second home I would not be there during hurricane season at all at all that's a good boundary (laughs) to have yes that is a hardcore boundary that I have it will be house number two and I will not be there then all right it's good chatting yeah good times good books Kathleen now go Iron All right, I'll go read the nature fix so you don't have Please to read it. Please do. Mine. Good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And hey, if you want more resources, we're talking worksheets, free trainings, in person meetups, vacations, and more. Go to our website at www.beingboss.club. Do the work, be boss.